your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So, going to be on with you on this Monday, November the 21st. 2022, on the memorial, the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, praise be to God, good morning. It is Thanksgiving week, which means uh, probably a lot of folks aren't even listening right now. They're, they're at home or you know, their kids aren't in school. They're just in vacation mode. I was uh, got to hang out with my grandparents over the weekend and my dad. I'll tell you all about that in the after show. It was super cool. They gave me something incredibly special and uh, I'll share that with you in the after show. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a great week. We have a lot of good content heading your way. Uh, Paul Kinkor is going to be back on, the, back on the program this week. Looking forward to that. We're going to follow up on our Bella Dodd conversation. I was reading through uh, as much of the book as I could, uh, the rest of the book, because I read such a huge chunk for the last interview. I wanted to focus on Fulton Sheen and some of her early life as well. So we're going to talk about that with Paul Kinkor later this week. Today on the program, though, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are still massive rallies going on in Brazil. Uh, They are not happy about the election results down there. We're going to catch up with uh, James Bascom from Tradition, Family and Property to talk about what is going on there. Uh, How big are these protests? Is civil unrest uh, on the agenda in Brazil? We're going to find out. Coming up at 35 past the hour, 15 past the hour, Mark Houck from the King's Men is going to be on. We're going to talk about life post FBI raid and arrest. We're going to catch up with him. Join us if you can. Tito Edwards will be on at the top of the next hour. Bigpulpit.com. What did the bishops do this time in uh, their meeting in Baltimore? We'll get, we're going to get the latest from Bigpulpit.com in the next hour. Lots of stories in the news. Of course, there was a, a shooting at a... LGBTQ plus club in Colorado Springs. Five people were killed, 18 wounded. We're going to catch probably more details on that. Elon Musk has lifted the uh, Donald Trump Twitter ban. Let him back on, along with some others like Babylon B and Project Veritas and and others. Or Jordan Peterson's back, but guess My what? My roommate will. <laughs> Your roommate will got back on. Well, praise be to God for will. Uh, Donald Trump, however, says, "Yeah, there's no reason to come back. I don't care. Whatever." Um, Carrie Lake says she's going to become governor after the attorney general there has uh, called for election results to be investigated. Interesting turn of events. Knights of Malta Chancellor submits to the Pope's sweeping changes to the order's hierarchy and constitution. Boy, that that order has been under severe turmoil for the past decade, at least. It's not gone well. But uh, anyway, good morning to you guys. Uh, Rudy Carlos, what's going on with you? Ah, good morning. You know, I uh, was meditating this weekend on holiness, and I wish I was as holy as my daughter. She is. Uh, she's on a bread and water fast. Only, she, your daughter is. It's the only thing she eats. Bread so, and water wow. and, and peanut butter. Just and jelly with it. <laughs> yeah, and she's still getting up for the for the divine office uh, every yes. morning, four a.m. Yeah, she wow. she's doing severe Amazing. penance. She wakes up every two hours and then she, yeah. <laughs> you know, she prays a little bit and then goes back to sleep. So her praying is a little different, you know. It's uh, guttural screaming sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Now, but. for for clarity though, uh, when you say penance, do you mean hers or yours? 
<laughs> we're suffering together. You're suffering together. We're, we're in this together. You're in this together. <laughs> Speaking of suffering, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones that do suffering along with us. Good morning to you, Adrian. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of guttural screaming <laughs> and suffering, you know, please, in your charity, um, play, pray for my brother. Uh, he okay. really he really needs your prayers because um, he just moved home. Oh. And he snores. <laughs> <laughs> don't and, you snore? And no, I don't. But uh, the he so That's what I said, but pray my for wife him. says I, I do snore. Pray for him because if he continues snoring, he may not be around much longer. <laughs> Last night at midnight. It may, go, it may not go well for him. I woke up at midnight and I just look over and I hear a, just like a, this monster growling in the room and I look over and it's my brother snoring. And I'm like, I may Thank goodness. Grab my pillow. And beat him, but it, so pray for my brother pray, pray, and your charity and charity. He needs pray it. for charity. He really needs it <laughs> and long suffering. At any rate, we have a lot to uh, get into today. Do join us if you can. Like I said, we're going to talk Brazil election results. Uh, by the way, Iran protests are going uh, continuing to to go on there as well. So we may talk a little bit about that today. Mark Hauk, Tito Edwards. It's going to be a full show. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, November 21st, and here are your headlines this morning. From the Epic Times, they report countries at UN Climate Talks agree to loss and damage fund to pay for poor nations. The agreement will establish a fund in response to loss and damage associated with the adverse effects of climate change. The deal was regarded as a win for poor nations who have long called for monetary support after having faced worsened floods droughts, heat waves, famines, and storms. China, the world's biggest emitter of carbon and other emerging economies, would not initially be required to contribute to the fund, but the option will be negotiated in the future. Ground News reports security forces intensified crackdown on Iran's Kurdish area, four killed, according to a rights group. Iran's Revolutionary Guard confirmed strengthening its forces in the northwest Kurdish region, Videos of so on social media show a convoy of military vehicles with heavily armed troops. A rights group says military helicopters carried members of the Revolutionary Guard to quell the protests in response to the death of Masa Amini, still taking place across Iran. Breitbart reports Federal Trade Report says globalization cripples American towns as free trade moves jobs overseas and crushes wages. The report, which assembled union representatives, economists, and others to discuss the impact of decades-long U.S. free trade policy, was requested by U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tri and conducted in March and April of this year. Among other findings, the report found that the U.S. free trade policy has allowed companies to more steadily move American jobs overseas and keep wages low for jobs that remain here in the U.S. And uh, a Catholic News Agency reports, Contest seeks to fill Mexico with nativity scenes in response to attempt to ban them. A contest called Si a los Nacimientos, which means yes to nativity scenes, seeks to fill public property throughout Mexico with nativity scenes in response to an attempt to ban them. 
The first chamber of the Supreme Court of Justice of the nation, the highest judicial body in Mexico, will discuss a vote in the upcoming days on a draft ruling that would prohibit setting up signs that allude to a specific religious conviction on public property. The draft ruling is, if it is approved rather, it would initially affect three municipalities in the Mexican state of Yucatan, but it could give the green light to prohibit setting up religious symbols on public property throughout the country. In addition, the ruling would not only affect nativity scenes, but also other expressions of devotion on public property, such as images of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Albert of Louvain. Now, watch me expertly navigate these French names. Albert de Louvain was born in 1166 at the second of two sons to Duke Godfrey III and the Count of Louvain and his first wife, Margareta van Limburg. He was a brother of Henry I, Duke of Brabant. Albert was educated at the Cathedral School of St. Lambert in Liege. In 1187, when news of the fall of Jerusalem reached Liege, Albert resigned his office, took the cross, and he had himself knighted. The following year, Cardinal Henry of Albano restored his ecclesiastical status. In 1188, he became the Archdeacon of Liege and later received the subdiaconate in 1191. The same year, he was elected Bishop of Liege, and despite the fact that he had not reached the canonical age of 30, his appointment was widely approved. Gilbert of Mons, Chancellor of Count Baldwin V of Hanoat, who attended the election, along with other princes and nobles, described the proceedings as a power struggle between Albert's brother, Henry, and Baldwin. Albert's appointment was opposed by Baldwin, who had a second group of canons elect his own relative, Albert de Rethel. Albert de Rethel was a maternal uncle of Empress, the Empress Constance, who had been planted, who had planned to support him with the emperor, but had been captured by Sicilians earlier. At the election, as the election appeared to be in dispute, the emperor supported Lothar of Hochstaden, provost of the church of St. Cassius in Bonn, and brother of Count Dietrich of Hochstaden. Albert took the matter to Rome and appealed to Pope Celestine III. In May 1192, Pope Celestine III made Albert a cardinal and ordained him in Rome as a deacon on the 30th of May 1192. He was then ordained to the priesthood on the 19th of September 1192 by Cardinal Guillaume de Champagne, and he received Episcopal consecration the next day and celebrated his first Mass on the 21st of September in the Rheims Cathedral. Albert met three German knights in 1192 who persuaded him to ride on horseback with them outside of Rheims. Outside of the city, they attacked Albert with their swords and struck him on the head, which crushed his skull and caused him to fall, where they made sure they killed him prior to making an escape. He was buried at the cathedral in Rheims. The reputation of the holiness of Albert de Louvain soon spread after his death and was held as a martyr, thus leading to the opening of his cause for canonization. Pope Paul V canonized him on the 9th of August, 1613, and insisted his feast day as the date of his death. His body reposed at Rheims until 921 when it was moved to Brussels. St. Albert of Louvain, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew 12, 46 through 50, the optional gospel today. As he was yet speaking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, seeking to speak to him. And one said unto him, Behold, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, seeking thee. 
But he answering him said, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And stretching forth his hand towards his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whoever shall do the will of my Father that is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. To St. Jerome, I read the Douay Rheims version because uh, it's all Jerome today in the commentary. St. Jerome, the curmudgeon saint that's amazing, praise be to God, gave us the Latin Vulgate, which gave us the Douay Rheims, the first translation into English ever, praise be to Jesus. St. Jerome says, he that delivers this message, in other words, hey, Jesus, guess what, your mother, brother, outside. He that delivers this message seems to me not to do it casually and without meaning, but as setting a a snare for him, whether he would prefer flesh and blood to the spiritual work, and thus the Lord refused to go out, not because he disowned his mother and his brethren, but that he might confound him that has laid the snare for him, close quote, St. Jerome. But yet he goes on to address the brethren, a lot of debate uh, amongst uh, Christians as to the brethren of the Lord. Jerome says, quote, how, says he, are they called brethren of the Lord if they were not his brethren? But now it should be known that in divine scripture, men are said to be brethren in four different ways, by nature, by nation, by kindred, and by affection. He goes on to say, I ask then, after which manner these are called the Lord's brethren in the gospel, according to nature? But scripture saith not neither calling them sons of Mary nor of Joseph, by nation. But it is absurd that some few out of all the Jews should be called brethren, seeing that all the Jews who were there might have thus been called brethren, by affection, either of a human sort or of the Spirit. If that be true, yet how were they more his brethren than the apostles, whom he instructed in the inmost mysteries? Or if because they were men... And all men are brethren. It was foolish to say of them in particular, Behold, thy brethren seek thee. It only remains then that they should be his brethren by kindred, not by affection, not by privilege of nation, not by nature. Close quote, St. Jerome. He goes on to talk about, But some, uh, some suspect the brethren of the Lord to be the sons of Joseph by another wife. St. Jerome responds to this. He says, but we understand by the brethren of the Lord, not the sons of Joseph, but cousins of the Savior, sons of a sister of Mary, an aunt of our Lord, who is said to be the mother of James the Less and Joseph and Jude, whom in another place of the gospel we find called the brethren of the Lord. And that cousins are called brethren appears from every part of sacred scripture. So, thank you, St. Jerome. Hey, we'll be right back. Mark Cox coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. 
So an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. You're crazy! Deep within, we struggle. Come on, babe. It'll be fun. Because sin separates us from God. She's got a relationship with George. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, Daniel Martins from Tradition, Family, and Property down, I think he's actually in Brazil. He's going to be on with us. We're going to talk about Brazil. There has been a lot of turmoil and strife post their election down there. And we're trying to get the latest information, like what is going on down there? Uh, Lula da Silva was apparently the winner. But the people, let's just say many of the people, do not accept that. They want to keep Jair uh, Bolsonaro. And there's been massive protests and rallies going on down there. So we're trying to get to the bottom of that. And uh, Daniel Martins from TFP is going to be jumping on with us at 35 past the hour to to talk about it. In fact, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, there's a, a like the protests are actually massive. And here's the funny thing. And uh, Adrian, I'm sure my desktop if you uh, if you want to share that while we uh, will wait a second here. These these protests are like a sea of humanity. And you know, the funny thing about this it's like the Brazilians, there's no violence in this. It's all peaceful. But it's like a, it's like a big uh, it's like a big concert going on down there. Like <laughs> you know, is what's that big festival they hold in Rio de Janeiro every year? I forget. Uh, festival? Is it that it? It's like the festival thing. No, no, no or... carnival. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's a little risque. Like I, oh, yeah. I would never want to be it's like no way. Would never, never want to be down there during such a thing, but but that's what this looks like. People are really piping hot mad. Uh, truckers are protesting. Banks have started to freeze accounts. It's been uh, it's been a very sounds familiar tumultuous situation. So we've we've tried to find the information on it. But you know, it's interesting is it's hard to find that information. We're not really seeing it in the headline news. It's not really in the like the mainstream media is not really covering it. So uh, we've we've looked for some sources, and uh, Daniel Martin's going to be joining us to give us the inside scoop. So that's coming up. Stick around for that. Also, uh, we're uh, here in a second. Mark Houck is going to be jumping on with us to get the latest information on what life post FBI raid is like. So uh, we're waiting for him to uh, to join us at any moment. Now you might recall uh, about I guess it was, it was September. It was about two months ago now. I was with Mark Houck. My sons, two of my sons, and I went to Arizona for the end of the wild weekend. And we were on mission trip out there serving uh, on the team. And then the very week he returns, the Friday after we are together, he is raided by a bunch of officers. We still don't know how many. Uh, But there was, you know, 15 or so officers that showed up at his door, even though he had been, by through his attorney, volunteered himself to turn himself in months prior. 
And nonetheless, they still showed up. So it was a pretty hair-raising situation for his family. And it's been a wild ride since. So we wanted to kind of catch up with him and see how he's doing. And I think he's, uh, he's just about to join us now. Good morning to you, Mark Houck. How are you? Hey, brother. How are you? Good morning. Sorry I'm late. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to see you again. Uh, so we were just getting caught up, and we, you know, I don't know what you can and cannot share with us, and whatever you can't, that's fine. Sure. Praise be to God. But what uh, what can you tell us about? Let's start with the, the the day of. What was that like for you and for your family? So the day of the raid yeah. was uh, September twenty third, and it was uh, surreal. Of course, it was uh, unexpected. Um, I, uh, I I woke up uh, about 6.30 because we had co-op that day uh, as a homeschool family. And I came down to put a quiche in the oven to get my kids uh, <laughs> off to a decent start with a little bit in their bellies. So I was, it was dark at that time. You know, we didn't have the daylight savings. So I um, gently woke my wife to get her going. And then I came downstairs and, um, you know, started to get things prepared for them. Well, at about 7 a.m., uh, someone was outside my house, did not know, I could not see anything. Uh, they started ringing the doorbell really loud, like over, over and over again. Mm. Uh, not just one time ring, but just ding, 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 right, real loud. Uh, and I'm like, geez, you know, this isn't a good way to wake up, children. But uh, uh, I went to the door, and, I, and they banged on the door, and they just said, open up. And I said, who is it? I didn't know, you know, who, who does wow. that to somebody, right? So I couldn't see anything. Uh, and I, I the, the gentleman replied, open up FBI. And he kept banging on the door. And I, I said, okay, uh, stay calm. I have seven children in this house. Uh, I'm going to open the door. I had my hands. I was showing up my hands. And I said, uh, stay calm, please. I have seven children in this house. So as I opened the door, um, I saw that my entire front yard was was filled with about 15 marked and unmarked units. Now, they were surrounding my home and on my front yard. And then I had about seven heavily armored agents on my front door, FBI agents with uh, heavily armored vests, uh, long guns, M16s they were. Uh, pointed at me, and then I saw ballistic shields, ballistic helmets, and a battering ram, and a uh, a bunch of state troopers mm. as well. So I, I, I was shocked. Uh, at this point, I guess my wife is coming down, but I came out, and I just said, what are you doing here? Like, I had no clue mm. that this was going to happen, no indication. About a month prior, my, my attorney uh, called and said, have you heard anything from the assistant U.S. attorney? I said, no. He said, I told, I told her we would show up if they wanted us to come down for anything. You have no case, but uh, we'll come down. No need to bring an agent out to the house or anything. Well, at this point, people were in the back, were in the back of my house. like They were surrounding my home. My little daughter's wow. walking around pacing the house. She's nervous as all get out. They're screaming. The kids are screaming. And I said, what are you doing here? And they said, you know why we're here. I said, I, I don't know why you're here. And they said, um, well, we're here uh, to arrest you. And I said, oh, I said, I know why you're here. You're here because I rescue babies. <laughs> it started to come to my head. Wow. And then I, I looked at them. And then my wife came down and, and said, uh, do you have a warrant? And uh, they said, well, we're taking him with or without a warrant. 
at that point, um, uh, I knew things weren't going to go well. But uh, my kids were screaming, as I said. I said, well, okay, whatever's got to happen needs to happen. But um, can I get dressed? You know, because I was just wearing shorts and a T-shirt. It was cold. And they said, no. Uh, I said, can I brush my teeth? They said, no. I said, can I put some deodorant on? They said, no. <laughs> I said, uh, can I get a sweatshirt? Uh, yeah, you can get a sweatshirt. And then I said, can I get my rosary? And they, they allowed me to have my rosary. And that's it. I was out of that property within 15 minutes. Um, you know, no able to really say goodbye to my children, not knowing how long I was going to go away, mm-hmm. not knowing anything. Uh, they didn't explain anything to me. So that that was pretty much the morning. And then I spent six hours at the federal building, shackled with my waist and shackled in my feet and my my chained to a table. Wow. And uh, I tell you, Joe, it was the closest I've ever been to Jesus in, um, in, in my entire life. I was at the foot of Calvary uh, and I could feel the feathers of my guardian angel. It was a beautiful, peaceful experience. And I can get into more of that if you want, but is that yeah. that answer yeah, yeah. an idea of the day? Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's that's probably the most intense description of of that event that I've encountered so far. Uh, in looking at the, the the articles that have been written and the conversations mm-hmm. that have been had, that is very intense. I can't imagine how difficult that's been for your wife and your children. How are they doing? Well, thanks for asking. Um, well, you know, we're a homeschool family, so we love Jesus, and uh, we know God's grace is sufficient. Um, not that people aren't homeschooled, don't love Jesus, but you know what I'm saying? We, 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 we fall, we fall on our knees to, to thank him for the grace to serve him and to be persecuted in this way. The little ones don't really understand that. Um, the older ones only be a little bit more, uh, we've done some counseling with them. We've had some prayer and healing, uh, with them services done with them. We've had mass at our home, reclaimed our home. Uh, since then, we've had multiple priests. We had Cardinal Gerhard Mueller come to our home, who was in Mexico City at the time. Amazing. Former prefect of the Doctrine of the Faith called and said, can I come out to the home? And he he denounced it. He he condemned it on our property. What a brilliant man. What a beautiful man. Um, Bishop Strickland, you're one of your great bishops, reached out to me within days. Uh, you know, so we felt the love of the church. We felt the love of the world. The whole world is praying for us. Uh, Africa is praying for us. We had a whole a guy, a whole village in Uganda say, "We're praying for you with signs." Wow. Um, Mother Teresa's nuns in Calcutta are have us placed on her crypt. Our family wow. and petitions to pray for us. Uh, Europe's praying for us. You know, friends in Europe and. Of course, Canada and the United States, all over the United States. So we feel that love and support. The kids are going to continually be, you know, traumatized by it in, in their own little way mm-hmm. as they as things trigger them. Maybe the next time they see a police officer, it might trigger something. They kind of play acted a little bit, which kind of scares me. They'll bang on the door and say, open up FBI to the sister because they're not opening the door. That's kind of a little uh, just something I could not imagine. But uh that you know, one daughter said, "I'm afraid of Fridays." Um, so you know, we're just trying to work through it, yeah, one day at a time, and just uh, let Dad be as present as possible to them. You know, I'm grateful that it uh, didn't turn out worse in in the state of Texas. If someone bangs on the door and rings the doorbell mm-hmm. repeatedly at that time of the morning, it doesn't say first, "Hey, uh, federal authorities outside." They don't say that first. In Texas, we show up with a gun to the door to figure out who's banging on our door. That could have gone was- infinitely worse. It was completely reckless. Whoever authorized it, first of all, I'd have to be a drug lord of some sort to get that kind of uh, arsenal at my home. Um, 
or Osama bin Laden, something like that. But uh, it was completely reckless. Uh, it's amazing someone didn't get shot that morning. What if my little ones were running through and grabbing an airsoft gun and thought this might be interesting yeah. to show off the guns in the home, you know, that were toy guns. You know what I mean, Joe? It could have gone any any way. Thanks be to God, it, uh, it, it was calm. There's peace. So we're down to a couple minutes left with Mark Houck from the Kingsmen. Uh, what's the status? What can you tell us about where you're at now? Sure. Well, we're, we're pending trial uh, January 24th. Uh, there's a jury trial in, in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, it's just kind of a holding pattern. The, the, the attorneys are you know, interviewing people and so forth. And I, I just continue to do the work that I'm called to. I, I really can't obviously talk about the case because that you know, would be imprudent. Um, you know, but suffice it to say, they have no case. Uh, suffice it to say that, uh, you know, we're just, we're, you know, we're just praying for a good outcome. But, uh, you know, we, we don't know these things. It's an earthly court. It's not the heavenly court. So we don't know how things are going to go. But uh, we trust in God's goodness. Um, but, you know, we're just waiting January 24th. Uh, the, the charges are pretty significant. They are sure. trying to get you uh, uh, to, I think it's like an 11-year sentence hanging over your head. Uh, what are you right. facing? Yeah, so it's a it's a ten year uh, charge with a federal felony face act violation, which is freedom to access to clinic entrances, which Bill Clinton used in the nineteen nineties against pro lifers. Mm-hmm. There's no case there because I wasn't even near the the entrance to the facility, nor was I even with anybody coming out of the facility that uh, I would be preventing. So there's that, and then there's a, an additional year um, uh, simple assault with intent to harm uh, that uh, adds the eleven. And uh, that was because there was an altercation because uh, of, uh, of someone who was harassing my son, who was from the building. Um, and then there's a $350,000 fine attached to, to both those, mm. uh, total $350,000. So, uh, wow. yeah, we don't, we don't know how it's going to go. Well, we continue to pray for you and your family, Mark, and uh, pray for a great outcome. I think the upside is uh, there's been a tremendous amount of attention brought to the Kingsmen which you can find linked up at thekingsmen.org. That's thekingsmen.org. Mark Howe, God bless you. Thanks for joining us this morning. All Thank right. Well, that's going to do it for that. We'll be right back. Don't this go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most people think that rules apply to others but not to themselves? They always consider themselves to be the exception. But what ends up happening is that everybody is an exception, and so the rules don't apply to anybody. The result is something worse than chaos. It's a loss of all the categories of respect and justice. G.K. Chesterton says that when the exception has become the rule, that is the worst of all possible tyrannies. When the Cardinal, formerly known as Ratzinger, gave his final homily before the papal conclave, he said... We are living under the tyranny of relativism. What is relativism? It's when there are no rules, only exceptions. The man about to become Pope was echoing Chesterton exactly. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. The Daily Signal reports Mike Lee from Utah urges GOP senators who voted for radical marriage bill to have courage to protect free exercise of religion. He says, quote, the free exercise of religion is absolutely essential to the health of our republic. The senator wrote in a dear colleague letter signed by 20 of his Republican colleagues, saying we have to have the courage to protect it. The letter notes that Obergefell did not make a private right of action for aggrieved individuals to sue those who oppose same-sex marriage or create a mandate for the Department of Justice to sue where it perceived an institution opposed gay marriage. But the Respect for Marriage Act will, the senator warned. What we can expect, should this bill become law, is more litigation against those institutions and individuals trying to live according to their sincerely held religious beliefs and moral convictions. Ground News reports, Qatar bans sale of alcohol at stadiums two days before World Cup. Fans will not be allowed to buy alcohol around the World Cup stadiums. The U-turn came ahead of the tournament's opening game in Qatar yesterday. The sale of alcohol is strictly controlled in Qatar and is only allowed in the, in the Muslim nation within the hotel bars and restaurants away from Street View. And the Epic Times reports, Area 51 website owner speaks out, says armed feds raided his home. George Arnoux says he does not know why he was targeted and does not know what the agents were investigating. Dreamlandresort.com was founded in 1999 and has long hosted information about the top-secret military base. For, de for decades, there has been speculation about Area 51, officially called Homey Airport or Groom Lake, and is a central component of theories about unidentified flying objects or UFOs. The website includes directions to the area, photos, and links to radio frequencies. Arnu added, saying, quote, I'm not sharing anything on my website that cannot be found on dozens of other websites and news outlet publications. Considering how this went down, I have no intention of removing any more material unless ordered to do so by a federal judge, unquote. Those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Daniel Martins from the Plinio Institute. I want to talk about Brazil. A lot of things are going on there that the rest of the world doesn't seem to know about because it's not being covered much in the major media outlets. And yet massive rallies are happening down there. I mean, really massive. Uh, Daniel, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, all the this fantastic audience of the Guadalupe Radio, right? Yeah, and praise network. be to God. And yes. Thank you for your I'm, time today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Now, if yeah, I, Brazil situation is really, really intense. Now, you are from Brazil, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So uh, tell us, what is the deal? Now, there was an election, and uh, Lula da Silva was uh, the, the official winner of that. And uh, Jair Bolsonaro, uh, Bolsonaro was yeah. uh, was not the winner, uh, technically or officially. And yet the people seem to be not happy with these results. They are protesting on a big scale. And furthermore, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I would love to get your your take on this. Uh, Bolsonaro has not actually accepted the results or officially said one way or the other what he thinks of this. All tell us what's going on. Yes, well, um, the situation is really confusing even to explain because, yes, there was an election. Bolsonaro has said something that he, he thanked all the, the, the people who voted for him. It was a very, very tight result. I think 50.9 against against uh, 40, 49 point something. Well, it was very, very tight. It's a difference of 2 million uh, votes 
in a country that has a large population. Our population now is two, 250 million people. And But the fact is that the the elections, the elections, electoral system was already being being denied a legitimacy from the beginning. Oh, for four years, it has been denied legitimacy. Mm. So Bolsonaro has his speech. It was kind of ambiguous. So until today, after his first speech, like two days after the elections only, people still don't know exactly what his pos official position is because several lawsuits and measures are being taken to um, yeah to deny the results. Mm. But the, what makes it complex is that not only are people unhappy now, but people have been demonstrating all these years long. For example, September the 7th, last September the 7th, people were even, uh, they were massively on the streets. I mean, I'm from Brasilia, the, the capital. I've never, like this picture is showing now, this one is from September the 7th. I've never seen so many people in that city uh, gathered in a demonstration. Mm. And the demonstration was against the um, the Supreme Court, actually. Supreme Court in Brazil has 11 um, uh, justices, from which nine were appointed by Lula's party when he was in power. Mm -hmm. And they are simply going against the law every day. For example, I'll give you some examples. In, um, in August... In August 2021, there was um, a measure, was a bill inside the parliament in Brazil to um, approve a printed, a printed, uh, I don't know how you would say, a kind of a receipt mm. that a person, a printed receipt a person would see after having voted. Because now in Brazil, the whole discussion is around the, elect the elect electronic voting system. The person presses there the number of uh, of the president, for example, and then, well, the person has supposedly voted, but there are several several uh, um, denunci uh, denunciations of fraud oh. in in the softwares and the things. Mm -hmm. And in order to solve that problem, Bolsonaro and the right wing people, they wanted to approve this measure, whereby after voting the electronic machine, something would be printed that you could see, although not touch, mm -hmm. so that that could be checked in case of doubt after the election. Now, a Supreme Court justice went to Parliament and started uh, pressuring a huge part of the, uh, a, a big part of the congressmen who had lawsuits in the Supreme Court going on to pressure them not to approve that Wow. Although the people were massively on the streets saying, approve that, approve that, approve that. They did not approve of that. And that was one of the first things. Well, another thing actually that happened before was the release of Lula from, from jail mm -hmm. by, um, by a lawsuit that was completely illegal. They did not uh, de uh, uh, declare him, the Supreme Court did not declare him innocent. They wow. just declared that first, you can only be put in jail after three instances of mm. justice. So after you were condemned three times, where in Brazil, whereas in Brazil, after you are condemned two uh, twice, you go to jail. But no, um, they, they changed that so that Lula could be released. And from that moment on, 
that was 2019, everyone was saying, well, they released Lula so that they could elect him. So after that, every, uh, every couple of months, there was a new measure that made Lula elective, uh, eligible mm. again. Wow. It's which, like they're, which is, uh, it's crazy. It's like they're moving the, the, the goalposts there. Um, exactly. So it was not simply that people are protesting, oh, I'm sad because Lula won. It's the people yeah. are already protesting a long time because of that. Let me ask you this, Mr. Martins. Uh, you know, here in the United States, uh, electronic voting has more or less become more of a commonplace thing. Uh, and, you know, we've seen a, a lot of different uh, uh, instances where that was unreliable. How long has uh, has electronic voting been a thing in Brazil? It, it has been a thing for about around 20 years, 18 years or something. Mm. And um, the more elections there are, the more suspicion there is, mm. especially especially after the the works workers party PT uh, Partido dos Trabalhadores that's why PT Worker Party the party of Lula came into power. Mm. Um, the the general feeling is that his ideological support, especially after the scandals of corruption that took him to jail, the feeling is that the the ide ideological support for his party is simply uh, is, is, is very low. But the votes go on happening for him. So people and families and the uh, social media, etc., etc., are going more and more to the right side, especially in terms of family, of life. For mm -hmm. example, 70%, a uh, uh, recent poll, 70% of Brazilian people are against abortion. Now, Lula is um, uh, known as being pro-abortion, pro-abortion. How come such a tight result? So all these things uh, throughout the years have made people more and more suspicious about the electronic vote yeah so hmm. i'm not saying there has never been or that there, there are uh um that there, there is fraud in the system i'm not saying that but an election in a in a system of representative democracy you need to have um a way of checking and this system has no way of uh to audit and that's the point and because the left Many of these countries, like Venezuela, etc., using also partly or entirely the electronic system, the the left has been kept in power for so long. And of course, people are saying, "Well, if Venezuela is like this, if the other countries like this, what mm. is going on in our country?" Yeah, you know? yeah. Hold that thought. Mr. Daniel Martins from the Plinio Institute is with us. We're talking about the election results in Brazil, but specifically the aftermath. Massive rally still going on down there, uh, trucker protests and much, much more. We're going to continue this conversation right after this break. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Coming up at uh, the top of the next hour, if you can join us, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be our guest. We're going to do a review of what did the bishops do during their meeting. Nine things the bishops did. We're going to talk about that in the next hour. Join us if you can. Uh, Once again, Daniel Martins is our guest. He's with the Plinio Correra de Oliveira Institute in uh, Brazil, and he joins us to talk about the post-election results down there that nobody seems to be talking about. Uh, Really, it's fallen off the radar, and yet massive rallies are still going on down there. Uh, Mr. Marlis, thank you again for being on with us. No, it's always my pleasure. Joe, the the thing is, uh, friends of of mine have have been there to see what was going on during these demonstrations, and you're completely right. The media in Brazil has not has not been talking about what is one of the major demonstrations in the history of our country. These demonstrations are going on for 20 days. And the interesting thing I'm seeing Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, in the background there Mm. of your studio. And um, in Brasilia, for example, where the picture you were showing there, in Brasilia, where millions of people, at least hundreds of thousands of people were in front of the headquarters of the army, Mm. Because they see no other result. They can't, who are they going to ask for? The Supreme Court is doing the job for the left because nine of the 11 uh, uh, Supreme Court justices were appointed by, by the party that has supposedly won the elections. Now, the, the interesting thing is that for years, and now this has become clearer and clearer, the amount of people praying the rosary Praying to our lady, there there are tents with chapels, uh, you know, um, where these people are demonstrating. People are praying the whole time, and the the whole um, motivation for these demonstrations, of course, are now the elections, the possible fraud, very possible fraud. Although I cannot affirm there was a fraud, mm-hmm. but as we were talking, everything was being prepared for that. But anyway. The important thing, and this I see as a super positive thing, is that, that, that people are resisting the leftist agenda because it is anti-Christian. People are resisting because of gender ideology, because of abortion, because of religions, uh, freedom to practice the true religion, to, to, to talk about our Lord Jesus Christ, Our Lady, and they are praying. You see rosaries everywhere in these demonstrations. Wow. And I think this is how the big media was taken by surprise in this sense. And if they, I think, my, my, what I think, I guess, 
that the media is not publishing in order not to uh, promote it. Because yeah. if they publish, they are happening. More people will come. I think. They- well, let me let me ask you a follow up question, because I saw other video of uh, the Brazilian army having tents down there and, and uh, sort of having a presence. Is there any risk of of a like a like a suppression here? Is there any risk like in Iran? There are protests going on there right now and they have been for months now and they're not those ladies don't want the hijab and they're not going away but they're suppressing that they are actually brutalizing those crowds and and attacking them is there any threat of force against the protesters going on in brazil joe it's again another everything now is complex no one actually knows what is going to come now the fact is that the army has issued two or three notes saying they are with the people in terms of we protect the right to manifestation, to demonstration. Mm. We protect that. And even against a measure of the Supreme Court saying that they they would fine and they actually fined, like Trudeau did in Canada, is fining, he's heavily fining the trucks that are demonstrating. Yeah. But but anyway, the, the army is saying, no, we are not going to invest against the people. We are in favor of peaceful demonstrations, etc., etc. Now, there are some other police force around the country that they receive a, uh, an order from the judiciary and they go to the demonstrations. What is very kind of funny is that the military police in Brazil and the police forces are usually very conservative and oh, wow. anti-left. So they are ordered to go against the people whom they actually agree with so you have several small uh, videos showing policemen trying to talk very peacefully to the to the um, the ones demonstrating, etc. They say, "No, you need to leave," and then demonstrators say, "No, we cannot leave." But nothing actually happens mm. except for one or two cases. So you see how complex it is. Yeah. How can you govern? How is Lula going to govern in a country like this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because. You know, we, I mean, it's a lot of parallels to America and a lot of the things you're saying here. But one thing that I really noticed was when this whole thing was happening, the left was celebrating the whole situation of Lula winning. They were saying, oh, it's great. Lula won. And I also was seeing mainstream uh, conservative outlets like the Daily Wire um, interviewing the um, the former president of Brazil, who and I was surprised by that. I was like, why, why does the Daily Wire care about Brazil? And so my question for you is, why does it seem that the Brazil has international influence or, or all the eyes are on Brazil? And what kind of effect does it have on, on America specifically? Well, um, that's a very good question. And what I think is that international left has, has uh, hoped for this election for a long time because Brazil being the most important country in in South America, in Latin America in general, especially Central America down. And many countries in Latin America are already being dominated by the left. So if Brazil falls into that same um, ideology, well, you have a whole, let's say, a whole continent almost um, in their power. So in Brazil and, and Latin America, which is a huge producer of grains, has an enormous importance in the geopolitical and the geopolitics, especially now with this problem between Ukraine and Russia. 
So the attention of the left, the international left, to what is going on is huge because of that. Because they can have, there is a huge geopolitical interest in there. And and Amer- and inside of Brazil, the other thing was that I that I hadn't really realized was that the they have a prince still. That there is still a prince, and it was known as the most Catholic country in South America, and I guess the, all Americas, I suppose. And so the what is that? Has that changed? Has that completely shifted? Is the Catholic faith so strong in Brazil? And what's the status of uh, the monarchy there? Does anybody know about it? Care about it at all? Uh, in 1993, there was a plebiscite referendum so that people could choose which form of government they wanted. Now, monarchy had been uh, made legal again in Brazil some years before. Oh, wow. So they didn't have any way of organizing themselves in a, in, in a very efficient way, given the, the short uh, notice, let's say. But nowadays, monarchy has become more and more popular. More and more people are going to the streets, in these demonstrations even, with the Brazilian flag but the, the, the from the monarchic time. And Dom Bertrand of Orleans Bragança, he is uh, the chief of the uh, um, of the imperial house, as, as we say, chief of the imperial house in Brazil. If Brazil were now a monarchy, he would be the emperor. He is a devout Catholic. He's actually, we are honored. He is a member of our institute. And he is very active in defending private property, the right of private property, defending the Catholic faith in the public realm. And he is very devoted to Our Lady of Guadalupe and very, very popular. Wherever he goes, there is a huge audience. Uh, So the monarchy, because of the chaos we are in, is being seen by a sector a sector. It's not yet majority. I wouldn't say it's majority, but it's a very important sector of society as a light. Now, uh, what is you asked about the Catholic faith in Brazil? The Catholic faith in Brazil is still very strong um, in in part of the society, but because of liberation theology mm. and the fact that still majority of bishops is leftists, many people because of that are leaving the Catholic Church have weak faith, they leave the Catholic Church and they, they go to the evangelicals, uh, the Pentecostalists, etc., etc. But uh, we have several stories. When a priest goes to a city where liberation theology had been for a long time, but they start preaching Catholic doctrine, sometimes churches, let's say, the entire evangelical church goes and converts again. Wow. So it, it's, it's a very superficial thing that the media explores a lot, oh, Brazil is no longer Catholic, etc., is still the larger Catholic population in the world, I believe, but uh, it's 50% Catholic, according to the polls. Yeah. So, so there, but I would say that um, the Catholic principles are still behind those who, because of the liberation theology, leave the Catholic faith. Mm. You know, it seems to me that... Uh... We look at Brazil from the outside as an American looking at it from the outside, looking in there. And it seems to me that Brazil is uh, still moving further and further left. It seems to be its people are becoming more and more secular uh, in uh, in their behaviors and their and their choices. Uh, do you see that or is there still hope? I mean, now we talk about Ireland and Poland as you know strong Catholic countries, but Ireland seems to have lost the faith. Poland seems to be slipping a little bit. 
Uh, could you give us sort of a sense of how just just how Catholic is Brazil still? Joe, today you chose to ask all the complex questions because the situation <laughs> is really complex. This is one of them because I would say uh, it's very different from Ireland, for example. You mentioned Ireland. Mm-hmm. I've been to Ireland some some um, uh, one year ago. I did campaign against abortion there. I participated in some things. And you see that process of secularization that also happens in Brazil, but much less Oh, wow. Any European country, much less in the sense that there is a portion of society that is uh, uh, undergoing that same process. Mm-hmm. But you cannot imagine the amount of people that are actually going from secularization to a more religious position. You see, it's multiplying, especially among young people in Brazil, uh, centers to study, uh, ideological study, usually that have... Uh, these centers have a very um, prominent uh, Christian uh, meaning and uh, direction. Mm-hmm. So the study of the Christian I, uh, uh, religion and ideology, let's say, let's put like that, is increasing a lot. The amount of people praying is increasing a lot. So you have actually both things happening. But as a whole, I would say much less than Ireland or Poland even. Well, and be to God. with and the dyna- the dynamism now let's this has changed huh? if you asked me like seven years ago my my answer would be completely different well we are we are out of time mr daniel martins i'm glad to hear they're not that bad off but let's continue to pray for the people in brazil for peaceful outcome to this uh, mr daniel martins from the plenio cora de Oliveira institute god love you god bless you and we'll see you in the next thank you very hour. much Catholic Radio was there for me when I needed it. Even though I didn't think I needed it, it was there for me. I want everybody to know that I'm giving not so that I can sit there and say that I gave the GRN for any other reason but this. I want that radio station to be there for anyone else who needs it also. They may not think they need it, but it's going to be there for them, whether it's in the future, whether it's right now. I want that radio station to always be there for them, just like it was there for me. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hearn. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. 
Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, you are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com. Hi, I'm Father Chad Henry from the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Have you even seen the videos? I'm just curious. Have you, uh, when's the last time you heard a major news outlet giving you the lowdown on what's going down in Brazil? The fact that they're still, they're still protesting down there. Truckers are protesting down there, but they're also, uh, they're also blocking. They're like shutting people's off. You remember how they did that in, in Canada? They're shutting off people's bank accounts. Well, that's what they're doing in Brazil right now. They're trying to identify all of these people. And it's a massive sea of people. The only thing, you know, that gets me about the Brazilians is you watch the video. And if you didn't know it at first, you might think, oh, it's just it's the World Cup. They're all gathering for the party for the World Cup. It's just the big festival because they are they, they're all wearing their colors, the green and the and the yellow and they've got their flags out. They're I mean it's a big deal. It's a big it's a big festival in some ways. But they're they're actually protesting down there. And I wonder how many people even know that they're still doing it. You you'd think if you watch the mainstream news that everybody just moved on, but that's not the case. There is a a quite a big the only real question in my mind, I guess is what's the outcome here? What's the bottom line? Where does all this go? Is the government, and we didn't have a chance to ask that to Mr. Daniel Martins, but is is the government just going to wait until everything's over? Like just die down? The enthusiasm drops off? Because at some point people have to go back to their life. They got to go back to work. They got to, they can't just stand in the square all day holding signs. How long will that last? Well, in Iran, I don't know if you know this, but there's protests going on there still. The uh, morality police have had a brutal record of beating the women who do not want to wear their hijabs. Well, I guess it's gotten to the point there where more and more people in society are like, ah, let's just accept it and move on. I mean, accept it, meaning that they're not going to wear their hijabs anymore and move on. Because there's still protests going on there, again, not being reported and they just firebombed, last week they firebombed one of their revolutionary founding, founding fathers' houses. And uh, they're, not, uh, they're, not, they're not going quite into the night, and they're months into it now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Brazil. And thankfully so far, as Mr. Daniel Martins pointed out, it's peaceful, and the military is not going to crack down on them. I hope that remains to be the case, but I guess we're going to have to keep eyes on that. But it just it begs that question. College is. If election results are being doubted by so many millions of people around the world, 
can we have an election in the future here or elsewhere where people just trust the results? Or has that ship sailed? Look, Joe, hmm. the vast majority of people are just conspiracy theorists. That's the point <laughs> I'm just, trying to make. It, that's it's what like it is. You we see are the, the, all conspiracy the, theorists now. You see the 8 million people outside in Brazil mm-hmm. out of uh, only 3 million people that are in Brazil. Right. Um, those are all conspiracy theorists. Uh, maybe I have if, a conspiracy maybe the minority theory. is the yeah. actual conspiracy theorist. Yeah, maybe. I have yeah. a theory about Iran. You do? I'll talk about it in the after show. You don't want to talk about it now. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll try and, and Can and, you put your tinfoil hat on, please? I'll try and put it quickly. Yeah. All right, check it out. Mm-hmm. So the American relations with Iran have deteriorated because what? they they didn't want to continue these, uh, these nuclear talks, right, to get them You're nuclear. Kidding. So instead... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some alphabet agency has created a revolution over there. Really? Some unrest to kind of throw things around. I see. Who knows? Hmm. By the way, I don't have any information about that at all. So yeah. this is just a complete crazy conspiracy theory. I see. If the alphabet I agencies see. are becoming alarmed because mm. I stumbled on something, I didn't mean to do that on purpose. Okay? <laughs> don't raid my don't home. Don't raid my house. Yeah. At any rate, well... In the after show, we may talk about this and whatever you're interested in discussing. You can join us at uh, 30 past the hour on one of our live video feeds. And I'm going to share with you what my grandparents, my grandfather, through my dad, gave to me on Saturday that I thought was so cool. So cool and so special. Uh, that's coming up in the after show. But uh, at 15 past, we are going to try to play the game show. Just so you know, it's Thanksgiving week, but we do have prizes to give away and you could win. And because we're going to be off for like two days, is it two days this week? Yes, yeah, sir. Thursday, days. Friday. Thursday and Friday, we will be do. We have pre-recorded conversations for you. It's all brand new content, uh, not best of. So if you still have to get up and go to work, well, you're still going to be served well here on the show. But uh, we, ha- it means the game show is short, which means your chances of winning better than ever right now. Like yeah, we're drawing on Wednesday. Act fast because uh, we're doubling, tripling your chances to win this week. So join us at 15 past the hour. With the phone number ready to go, uh, make sure you're dialing quick to be our, our contestant. I will give you that number at 15 past there. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is our good friend Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Joe, Rudy, and Adrian. How are you all doing? Good morning, buddy. Praise be to God, we are alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm doing terrific. Yeah, good. Now, do you think it's possible, real quick, before we jump into some of the big pulpit stories, do you think it's possible for Americans, citizens of the world, to trust the elections anymore? It seems like in major countries across Europe, and now we're seeing in Brazil, the citizenry just doesn't seem to trust the results. No matter no matter what, they're just always questioning the results. How do you see it? I, I, I can't uh, offer anything uh, insights for outside of America, but I know here in the United States, we've been we've had issues with uh, uh, the collecting votes, uh, mm-hmm. setting up stations to vote, uh, missing ballots, too many ballots. My grandmother voting Republican for the first time after she passed away. <laughs> so there's wow, there's a lot of things that are that is wrong mm-hmm. uh, and needs to be addressed, but it. Year after year, after every election cycle, it's not being addressed. It's it's put under the rug. It's the, oh, we need to move move on and move forward. I understand yeah. all that, but it's difficult. It, it adds up every election cycle, and now it's to the point where you know the joke now is Maricopa County doesn't know how to vote. Well, the attorney general there in Arizona is calling for an investigation into the election results. Yeah, um, 
it, wow, the governor of Texas has called an investigation into what's the election results in Harris County. So uh, it seems to me like this is the new normal for Americans, but also, but not just for us, for other countries in Brazil. I mean, there's a large body of people in Brazil. It's a massive country. And uh, I think we need to pay attention to this. This is a scary trend in the world because I think it leads to unrest and lack of confidence in, in one's governments. And we've seen in history, uh, i.e. French Revolution, this thing is not bad. This is not a good thing for the world. Bad things happen. No. Uh, at any rate, the, the bishops, let's go to the bigpulpit.com stories. Huge edition. Monday edition is a massive edition. So many stories to cover. But I saw this one that you linked up. says nine key things the U.S. bishops did at their fall meeting in Baltimore. Uh, last week. So what have the bishops done now, Tito Edwards? Well, uh, like uh, this two-year session, uh, the USCCB has delivered on target uh, another huge turkey for us to dissect. (laughs) Now, there's uh, nine items that Zelda Caldwell, the new writer for the Catholic News Agency, she's outstanding, a great hire by Shannon Mullen, goes over uh, the the election of Brolio, Timothy Brolio for president and William Lorry for vice president. Mm. <laughs> um, that's non-news. I'd like to skip down to the last item on there where they're going to put up three new candidates for sainthood. Okay. Of, of all the things on here, this is the nugget. This is a beautiful thing. Uh, Cora Evans, I believe, the uh, mystic in Ohio that that uh, was a, somehow in, involved with Mother Angelica of EWTN fame. Michelle Dupong, a young campus missionary who died of cancer. And Mother Margaret Mary Healy Murphy, a religious sister who who ministered to the poor. I, I, I'm I'm getting my my saints and servants of God's mi- mi- mixed up in my head, but I believe she's from Texas. Wow, I'm not certain about that, but I I I, I believe she's from Texas. So, I, I think that is great stuff. Um, I would like to talk about items not covered. Okay, that have not been addressed. I see, like uh, the CCHD. Uh, the, yeah. the fund that they give to, to uh, non-Catholic organizations to further the agenda of God. And uh, they, they, they continue to hand out millions and millions of your donations to organizations that promote same-sex marriage, that promote abortion, that promote many items that go against uh, the Ten Commandments and what the Catholic Church stands for. Do they have a debate about that at all during their meeting? Not that I am aware of. Um, I, I, I do not have a strong opinion, a good opinion of the USCCB, so I just read the afternotes, and I do notice a lot of things missing, like not addressing the CCHD or the continuous, yeah. continuously ignoring the cover-up of sexual abuse in the church. Now, on that point, I think they made a great election for Timothy Brolio, who is uh, a big advocate to get to the nitty gritty, to the nuggets that is the problem with this. And he truly, he understands the issue. The core of the problem is 
too many men are entering the seminary that have uh, same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not necessarily that they are unable to control themselves. It's the culture within the church that abuses these men with same-sex attraction and causes a lot of these scandals to develop and yeah. erupt on us. Yeah. Now, real quick, just uh, before I forget, tomorrow on the program in our first hour, Jim Havens uh, from The Simple Truth is going to be our guest. He was there at the meeting. He got to ask questions of the bishops. He has press credentials. He's going to be joining us at uh, 15 past in our first hour tomorrow to give us some insight from his perspective of the meeting. Plus, uh, you're going to do some uh, analysis of uh, Broglio uh, and also uh, uh, Bishop Burbage taking over as pro-life chair. We're going to get that tomorrow. One of the other items on this list, though, Tito, was the fact that the bishops decided they're going to rewrite the Catholic Voters Guide. We're just going to wait until after the next presidential election to do it. That's awfully convenient, don't you think? Yes, it's awfully convenient. That's a hot topic. Hot potato, I mean. On, on the bright side, <clears throat> the bishops that are accepting appointments to become episcopal, to, to become uh, heads of dioceses, are younger, more orthodox, and are more outspoken. Uh, my understanding is many of these young orthodox bishops want to do more, want to take action, mm-hmm. and it's the older regime, the older bishops, that are very reluctant to touch the hot topics. So, yeah. Uh, it, it might be a, a good omen that uh, they're going to wait and, and have an even stronger and, uh, and and significantly improved voters guide yeah. come 2024. And I am the optimistic man here. So okay, mm. all right. So well, let's hope they uh, they get us that. But it would be nice if we had it before the election and not after. So hmm, wonder what's going to be in there. Yes. Uh, they also have called for a Eucharistic revival. I mean, obviously we need that. It was something we talked about last week with Father uh, Hust. Uh, but at the same time, they're cutting the budget of their big Eucharistic Congress uh, significantly, too, like half. Yeah, that, <clears throat> I, I sure I, I'm the, now the, the reason why I'm pessimistic uh, about the USCCB as an organization, it, it offers a fig leaf to bishops to not do anything in their own diocese. Uh, I think. I truly, I, I, I truly believe it's the individual bishops should take the lead in their diocese. They should not mm-hmm. wait for the USCCB to get a budget out and then take that money and implement it in their diocese. They should take the lead. They should go and start Eucharistic processions in downtown. They should go ahead and start being a witness to the faith and lead in those Eucharistic processions. They should be there and in person and talk about the importance of the Eucharist, the importance of adoration, the real presence of God in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and many of them don't do any of this. Uh, and, and in fact, after Vatican II, many bishops canceled Eucharistic processions in wow. their downtown cities and towns. Yikes. Well, they're planning a uh, July 17, 2024 event. They're hoping for 80,000 people to show up in Indianapolis for this event. Let's uh, see what happens. But uh, that's going to do it with Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. Go to BigPulpit.com and see all of the stories linked up today. I mean, it's a great edition every Monday morning. God bless you, Tito. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed week. You as well. We'll see you on Monday. Hey, after the break, we're playing our game show. You could win. 877-757-9424. Great chance right now. Call 877-757-9424.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. And uh, it ought to be interesting this week to be honest with you, because it's Thanksgiving week and a lot of people are on vacation, which means less people in your cars listening. So if you've always wanted to play, but you were like, I don't know, or you always wanted to win and you're like, I want. guess what? This week is your week because less people play means more opportunity for you. Less days playing. So we're only going to play for three days, not five. So your chances of winning are fantastic. 877-757-9424. That phone number is wide open to you. Call right now. First caller gets to play the game at 877-757-9424. I'm going to give you that number one more time. 877-757-9424. There are, uh, as I say, a few things we like to do on the down low, right? Keep it between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you're going to learn something about the faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. Number two. You're going to have a good time in the process. It's laugh. We enjoy it. We like laughing with you. And then we give out prizes, which means we are incentivizing you. Some might say manipulating you, but nonetheless, you could <laughs> learn, laugh, or win. Praise be to God. And we are appreciative of that. But here's the kicker. Here's the secret sauce in all of this. 
I don't ask the caller the questions. They don't need to know the answers. Instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy. I shall ask Adrian. One of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? Knowing very well they can trust me, they have to make a decision nonetheless. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. This week our sponsor is mm-hmm. an alphabet agency. What? CDT. Oh, I thought you meant C-I-something. It's CDT. I got it. And we got a very special prize pack we're putting together. There's going to be some really nice goodies Mm -hmm. that are going to just increase your Mm -hmm. prayer life. Mm -hmm. They're going to make Mm -hmm. you more fulfilled. What? It's going to be fantastic. We're going to put that together and send it out to you at the end of the week, which happens to be on Wednesday. So as Joe said, there are a lot of chances to win this CDT prize pack this week. That is amazing. Praise be to God. All right. uh, CDT, thank you for your generous gift giving out prizes to our audience so that uh, we can bless them. We are so grateful to you, Catholic Drive Time. It's kind of weird thanking myself and you and Adrian. But nonetheless, <laughs> I, okay. you could just thank me. I have done so. All right, let's go to the phones. Now, we did get uh, several calls, actually. So praise be to God. If you don't get on today, call back tomorrow. You'll have your chance. But uh, Marina, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Praise Lovely name. Now, where are you calling from, Marina? Houston, Texas. H Town, hold it down. Uh, are you an H-town, Astros hold down. fan? Are you a Yes. The real question is, are you a Texans fan? No. <laughs> Let's not. I'm a Houston Astros fan. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Why do you got to be so scandalous, yeah, Texans were losing like 20 to 0 yesterday. Yikes. <laughs> but Don't we are, put me on the spot. We are World <laughs> Series champs. Where do you go to church, Marina? Where do you go to church? Holy Night, Catholic oh. Church. Oh, fantastic. Well, Marina, we're so in. grateful to have you on this week, especially Thanksgiving week. Are you looking forward to Thanksgiving? Oh, definitely. We have a lot to give thanks for. Amen. A lot. Amen. Praise be to God. Well, do you understand how this game works, uh, madam? Are you ready to play? Yes, I am. All right. We're going to begin with uh, Brother Rudy, who is wearing his rich man tie today. <laughs> oh, Not that you're snob or... Arrogant in any way, but uh, stuffy or any of that. <laughs> it's just that it looks like a rich man tie. Um, good morning, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. It is a rich man tie. <laughs> it is it? May he rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Would you pick that up at an estate sale or like? Yeah, I took off his body. Okay. <laughs> Yikes! All right, Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Let's start with a history question. My oh, favorite okay. All right. questions are always history questions. All right. Can you tell me, sir, who was the third pope? The third pope? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, he's my cousin. What? Cletus. <laughs> my cousin Cletus. How, how's it go? My cousin Cletus. Cletus. He was the pope. Cletus. Yeah. That's going to be your answer. It's Cletus. I reckon that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cletus. All right. Uh, Adrian, uh, I know you are uh, you are uh, very advanced in popology. Oh, uh, I've seen the tweets actually, and uh, I'm sure you've got this one. Could right. you tell me who was the third pope? What was the third pope? Well, 
in the Roman canon, we say Linus, Cletus, Clemens, Sixus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogenes, John, Bon Paul, and Cosmos, and Damien, and all the saints. We do. And in the Roman canon, mm-hmm. well, that, those are references to the to the popes. Are they? And so that's what we, let's see, Linus, uh-huh. Cletus, okay. Clement. I'm going to go see. with Clement. That'll be the third one. Clement. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, hmm. Well, Marina, I hope that uh, possibly you're an expert in popology because... We're wanting to know who the third pope is, and Adrian seems to think it's Clement, whereas Rudy says it's Cletus. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Marina in Houston, what say you? Adrian? Don't, no, no, don't do it. No, I don't. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's <laughs> Peter's not mentioned. Yeah, that's the trick. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the curveball yeah, to no, the low right true. corner that you're not supposed to swing at, Marina. Uh Po- yeah. If if Peter's uh, first, that makes Cletus the third one. Yeah. If so. Peter isn't considered the first, then Clement yeah. would be the third one. Now, fascinating fact, though. Fascinating fact. Clement wrote a letter to the Corinthians to follow up on St. Paul's smackdown to say, hey, knock it off over there. So exerting his papal authority over the rest of the church very early on. Very early on. So we're learning something, uh, Marina. But don't worry. We're yeah. going to get you in there with this second question. It's, uh, it's going to be an easy one, I promise. Let's go with Adrian first. Uh Now, I know, Adrian, of all subjects, you should know this one. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me, uh, what is the term for the complete repudiation of the faith of the Catholic Church Mm. by one who has been baptized? Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. an expert in this subject. I am. I am, in fact, an expert in in complete complete repudiation. repudiation. Yes, I I repudiate many things. (laughs) Uh, that it's called being Jesuitical. Um, what? Sorry, that's a Jesuitical. Gesundheit. Jesuitical. What? Oh, that was your answer. Yeah, I thought you were sneezing over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it's not just morning allergies. No, no. You're no. saying Jesuitical. I'm saying was Jesuitical. Correct for repudiation of the faith. Yes. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not tell straight Jesuit that. Uh, let's see what uh, Brother Rudy has to say here. <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me what is the term for the complete repudiation of the faith? Of the Catholic Church by one who has been baptized, sir? Uh, how can one thing make you so depressed mm-hmm. and sorrowful mm-hmm. and also angry at the same time? Well. <laughs> when people do this, uh-huh. it's called apostasy. Apostasy. And it is very sad, but infuriating also. I see. Apostasy. Apostasy. All right, Marina. Uh, what is the term for the complete repudiation of the faith? By one who has been baptized, is it apostasy, as Rudy is suggesting, or is it Jesuitical, as Adrian wants us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Marina, what say you? Um, I'll go with... Say Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, I heard Rudy. <laughs> I heard apostasy. She got it. She got it. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, uh, it is apostasy is the correct answer. But to Adrian, let's just be honest. Are you just like, uh, like, because you went to St. Thomas High School in, in Houston. You're, yeah, yeah. You, everything yeah. Jesuit everything is the is opposite, Basilian, you know. opposite world. But no, the Jesuitical has mm-hmm. a term. It means um, mm-hmm. kind of like using language to confuse. Basically, is what it uses. You're saying it's become synonymous. It's mm-hmm. actually a, it's a it's a long history. Actually, <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting history. All right, maybe in the after show. Apostasy is the correct answer. You're in the cup, Marina. You could win. 
Praise be to God. But I'm going to be honest with you, Marina. Uh, I'm, I have some yeah. hesitancy now. I'll have to take a little, a little breath here because uh, this next question is the hardest question I think I've ever asked another human person in my entire life. It's easy. Ugh. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> you got right. this. Here we go, One Marina. All right, let's take it slow. We're going to go back to uh, Rudy first. Rudy? Yes, sir. Where is the Holy See located? <laughs> the Holy See, where our blessed Lord walked upon the water. Galilee. Oh, sorry, what? what? Yeah, the Holy See is in Galilee? That's right. I, oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. Galilee. That's right. All right. Okay. Uh, Adrian, um, I'm not sure uh, you can see anything holy, but nonetheless, could you ask or answer for me, where is the Holy See located, sir? Ah, yes. The Holy See, Mm -hmm. (laughs) S-E-E, referring to the Sedilia of the Pope, the Rome. 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 You're just Rome, Rome, Italy, not Rome, Texas. I just <laughs> for clarification. <laughs> so I Georgia. was a little confused. Yes, I understand. People people I, get those two confused. I, I, talking almost, about Georgia. I almost booked the pilgrimage. Uh, one time I, I went was, to Paris, Texas, and I was like, oh, I'm in France? Not quite yeah, the same. People get confused, man. All right, so you're saying Rome. I'm saying Rome, Italy. All right, Marina. Is the Holy See located in Rome, Italy, or is it located in Galilee in Israel. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Marina, what say you? Galilee. No. Go the other way. No. no, 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 no. The other way. Say amen. You said the other way. Very, very good. You're right, Marina. It was, in fact, Rome, Italy. Galilee, where you walked on the water. It's not where the Holy See is located. In fact, uh, the gospel that we heard yesterday was was the uh, Matthew 24 and the coming uh, destruction of Jerusalem. They got out of town fast because they knew the signs because our Lord told them. And they moved, St. Peter moved to Antioch and then he moved on to Rome. He was in Rome uh, twice, actually, the second time he was martyred. And that is where his see has been ever since. And that's where his successors are. God love you, Marina. You're in for two. You could win. You're going to have to tune in Wednesday, actually, to figure out whether or not it's God's holy will your name comes out of that cup. Marina, thanks for playing our game and having a laugh with us today. We really enjoy it. Thank you, all. We're gonna go put you, Astros. Go Astros. We're going to put you on hold there, Marina. Uh, don't go anywhere. But that's going to do it. If you want to join us in the after show to talk directly about whatever it is you'd like to, go to grnonline.com forward slash cd. By the way, I'll share with you what my grandfather gave to me on Saturday. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. The memorial of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Hail Mary, full of grace. 
The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. As we venerate the glorious memory of the most holy Virgin Mary, grant, we pray, O Lord, through her intercession, that we too may merit to receive from the fullness of your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, looked, and there was a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. I heard a sound from heaven, like the sound of rushing water, or a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. They were singing what seemed to be a new hymn before the throne before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn this hymn except the 144,000 who had been ransomed from the earth. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been ransomed as the first fruits of the human race for God and the Lamb. On their lips no deceit has been found. They are unblemished. The word of the Lord. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. The Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He whose hands are sinless, whose heart is clean who desires not what is vain. 
Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord, a reward from God his Savior. Such is the race that seeks for him, that seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Stay awake, for you do not know when the Son of Man will come. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus looked up, he saw some wealthy people putting their offerings into the treasury and he noticed a poor widow putting in two small coins. He said, I tell you truly, this poor widow put in more than all the rest, for these others have all made offerings from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has offered her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. celebrate today the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This mystery really comes to us from the apocryphal literature, literature the Proto-Evangelium of James, uh, which is not, of course, considered inspired scripture, but nonetheless, we kind of get an insight into the early life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that Joachim and Anne, when she was about three years old, the tradition tells us that they presented her to the temple, and given their old age, there are some uh, saints and mystics who have suggested that Mary spent a, a good amount of time of her childhood in the temple with, along with, the, the, with the, the virgins that were there, who were there, to, of course, to, to worship and to praise God, to sing the psalms, to, um, to honor his word. With, this, uh, present, with the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it reminds me, reminds me of something that our founder used to, was used, used to tell us, that the formation program, so to speak, of our Blessed Mother was that she was formed through scripture and liturgy. Those two very important factors, scripture and liturgy. Um, scripture, especially as we come towards the end of this liturgical year, we could be reminded what are those scriptures in our life that have been very influential this past year? What are the ones that have really spoken to us, that have, that have really formed us, sometimes healed us, uh, but have inspired us or have, have helped us to make that one step forward in our following of Christ. So scripture, in fact, it's always interesting that uh, if you look at images of the Blessed Virgin Mary, particularly at the Annunciation, she, has, she often has uh, the scriptures open, and the little tradition, little t, tells, uh, tells us that she was reading that, that passage from the book of the prophet Isaiah, which says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And it is at that moment that the angel Gabriel came to her and announced that she was going to be the one. And she, of course, didn't recognize herself in that passage, of course, until after that moment. But that the scriptures were something that, she, that would always nourish her every day. She would sing the Psalms, which were, to, which were praise, which are praises of God. We do that, of course, today in the church through the Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, through that, we pray the Psalms 
in that Christological sense, seeing Jesus Christ as a fulfillment of all that the, that the Father had provided and had and, uh, prefigured in the Old Testament. So Mary was nourished in this way by the scriptures. The other way she, that was part of her formation program was through the sacred liturgy. Now, if it's true that she spent a, a lot of time uh, around the temple area in the early years of her life, then she would have been she was definitely exposed very much to the temple liturgy. All that was going on, all the sacrifices that were made, the Thanksgiving offerings that were made, and of course, in a way, being caught up in that Thanksgiving offering. Uh, if, if that's not true, we'd at least say that I'm sure Joachim and Anne were, would always uh, follow the, the, the liturgy of the, of the Jewish people and going to Jerusalem in those important times of year to offer worship and honor to the Lord. We could say this because, you know, when, when she's married to Joseph and with the child Jesus, they used to go to the temple every year. And so very much the same way as in our own families, we have been formed through the liturgy by, of course, going to Mass each Sunday, also through celebrating the liturgical year, uh, the liturgy of the hours, these different ways that we have journeyed uh, in the liturgical year through those special feasts that we have celebrated, Christmas and Easter and so on and so forth. Like those form us. Something that our Holy Father Pope Francis has re recently written is that uh, in, re in, res um, in respect to the liturgy, is that we are not only, are not only formed for the liturgy, we, we are formed by the liturgy. So all that happens, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which is offered in an unbloody manner in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist, that forms us to be able to give our life. Well, if it's true that this, the scriptures and the liturgy were the formative aspects of Mary's life, then we look at the gospel today, we see Jesus notices this poor widow who puts in her whole livelihood out of her poverty she gives not just out of her surplus, but out of her poverty. She gives her whole livelihood. I think it was one, maybe it was a scripture theologian who suggested that the poor widow that Jesus is pointing out perhaps was his mother. <laughs> Here's a poor widow who really has given everything, everything. And the scripture and the liturgy form us to give our all, to give everything for the Lord. So may those two aspects of our lives, so important, scripture and liturgy, continue to form us, to form our hearts and our souls, so that like Mary, who is presented in the temple on this day, we could give our entire self to the Lord. Everything that we have, all that we own, and every, all the graces that the Lord gives to us are for his glory. And may we sing that new song that we hear in that first reading from the book of Revelation, the song that only those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb have learned to sing. Let's bring our needs and petitions before our Heavenly Father. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all the needs of the Holy Church. We pray to the Lord. Let us pray for those who govern us, that they may be concerned not only for the needs of their own nations, but for all people, especially the most vulnerable. May they always enact laws that respect life and the dignity of the human person. We pray to the Lord. Let us pray for those who need conversion in their life, who are far away from the Lord, that the Lord would grant them the grace of an increase of faith, hope, and charity and restore them to the dignity that is theirs in their baptism, we pray to the Lord.
Let's pray for the sick and those who are suffering, that their sufferings may be united to those of Christ, to be, to be fruitful for souls. We praise the Lord. Let's pray for those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, for those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, for your, all your intentions and for those who have asked us to pray for them, we pray to the Lord. Lord Heavenly Father, hear our prayers and grant our petitions through Christ our Lord and through the powerful intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice in your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive, O Lord, we ask the prayers of your people with the sacrificial offerings, that through the intercession of Blessed Mary, the mother of your Son, no petition may go unanswered, no request be made in vain, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, to praise your mighty deeds in the exaltation of all the saints, and especially as we celebrate the memory of the Blessed Virgin Mary to proclaim your kindness as we echo her thankful hymn of praise. For truly even to earth's ends you have done great things and extended your abundant mercy from age to age. When you looked on the lowliness of your handmaid, you gave us through her the author of our salvation, your Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. 
May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahot, Plenisun et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, 
and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us to the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof. But only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Blessed is the womb of the Virgin Mary, which bore the Son of the Eternal Father. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
O Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be, and humbly I'll receive thee, the bridegroom of my soul. No more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive him, and trust the word to me. Increase my faith, dear Jesus, in thy real presence here, and make me feel most deeply that thou to me art near. My hope in thee now strengthen, O Saviour of my soul, lest by temptation blinded I turn from my true goal. And let me love thee only with all my heart and mind. In thee alone, my spirit, trust, true rest, and joy can find. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving, be every moment thine. Let us pray. As we receive this heavenly sacrament, we beseech, O Lord, your mercy that we who rejoice in commemorating the Blessed Virgin Mary may, by imitating her, serve worthily the mystery of our redemption through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita dulcedo, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filii hebe. A te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, this is Catherine. Cormac. Henry. And Reagan. We attend Holy Rosary in Midtown. And you're listening to 1430 AM. Radio for your soul. KSHJ, Houston. 